Blog Talk Radio. Renee Lima Marin had it all, a wife, kids, a home. It's a life he never imagined as a convicted felon. What makes this just that much harder is the fact that I constantly, you know, have them just right here. It's a life that vanished overnight January 7th when a judge sent him back to prison to finish a 98-year sentence. 98 years for what? You know what I mean? For what? It's a sentence his appeals lawyer told him was just 16 years. She came to visit me, said, we no longer have 98 years, years. You basically are given 16 years, which is what we were fighting for anyway. But her information was wrong, as was the court file sent to the Department of Corrections, stating his sentences should run all at once instead of back to back. I would have never had a wife. I would have never had children. I would have never bought a house. I would have never done any of those things. But I did those because you let me out. And now they're being punished for something that they had absolutely nothing to do with. It's a punishment he says is excessive. People have raped, molested kids, taken lives, and had 15, 20, 25 years. And I made a mistake and tried to steal some money. And I'm given my entire life in prison. I acknowledge the fact that I did something wrong. I take responsibility for the fact that I did something wrong. But I also believe that I, I, I completed the punishment. A punishment, he says, breaks up his family. And not only, not only for me, because I know that seems somewhat selfish, because it hurts me, but it hurts, it hurts them as well. And welcome tonight, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. And if you're wondering what's going on and what is the on the agenda tonight on AJC Radio, well, you heard a little bit from Mr. Rene Lima Marin. And I'll tell you right now, folks, injustice is running rampant in this country. This man, and you're going to hear from his wife tonight, Jasmine Lima Marin, along also with the attorney uh, for Mr. Uh, Marin, Lima Marin, Patrick Maguero, will also be joining us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it, tonight we deal with unequal justice in America. We're coming right back at you. Buckle in. AJC Radio is getting ready to take off. Okay, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. My name is Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and Jeanette 
Williams. And uh, I'll tell you what, tonight, uh, as we uh, are really troubled, uh, as we've been talking prior to the show coming on the air tonight, uh, to the horrific act of injustice that this man is suffering after being told he would do 16 years by counsel. Uh, he actually was given misinformation. The judge comes back and makes a statement that there was a clerical error made in the case. Amazing to me that it took 16 years to figure out a mistake was made. We're going to dig into that tonight as we walk down the streets, if you will, and on Injustice Avenue, dealing with unequal justice in America. And folks, I'll tell you right now, as President Obama gets ready to give his final speech, State of the Union speech, to, to, to both houses of Congress, I'll tell you right now, folks, America is in major trouble. And the state of our union, when it comes to justice, is not strong. And we're going to deal with that tonight as we continue to search for justice. And this story is going to be compelling. It will be informative. But I'll tell you right now, it's a heart-wrencher. As I had the opportunity to, to spend a little time uh, talking uh, to Jasmine, uh, the wife of uh, Renee Lima Marin, and I'll tell you, uh, it, it's an unfortunate situation. Her and her two children to have to deal with this is unacceptable. And until America cries out, and, and not wait until it visits your doorstep to do it, uh, we will have a continued epidemic of injustice right. that continues to run rampant. Lisa, and we had an opportunity to talk a little bit about it. Uh, we are grateful that uh, she responded to us. Uh, and wanted to share her story, and uh, I explained to her that she has a friend in AJC Radio, and uh, we intend to seek justice uh, for her husband. Uh, the case right now is currently uh, before the United, excuse me, the Colorado State Supreme Court, uh, where they have given oral arguments in this case. Uh, and AJC Radio uh, also will be sending a, a uh, some some correspondence up to the Colorado State Supreme Court. Uh, uh, expressing our our opinion, if you will, uh, and also Attorney Gwendolyn Solomon has, has chimed in as well uh, to give her viewpoints on that, and we intend to have that out first thing tomorrow morning. Lisa, when you think about something like this, two young kids, uh, they said uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Lima Marin was uh, uh, working a full-time job, went out and bought a house, uh, had children, apparently reunited uh, with Jasmine, and you just come and strip this man's life. Yeah, that is just that's unheard, that is just ridiculous. I, I mean, that, that kind of thing you shouldn't even hear of such a thing happening in this supposedly free country. This country is nowhere near free. That is the most absurd thing I ever heard. When I heard that story, I was just appalled. I could not believe that there's even a chance that they're going to take a man who's done all this, who's been doing fine. They released him. He didn't. He didn't escape. He didn't exactly take off right. running. You released him, and then you want to come back and say, "Oh no, we made a mistake. You need to go back in jail for the rest of your life." No. That's not, that's not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. Well, I'll tell you this. The irony of the situation is that the prosecutor who prosecuted the case is the sitting judge who has ordered him his return to prison. Wow. You know what? That's wrong on so many levels. Jeanette, you're shaking your head in, um, in dis, um, dis delusion, if you will. What are your thoughts on this? And as a mother, to have your husband ripped from you like that and from his children... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a problem in this country that has to be addressed and has to be dealt with. Jeanette, your thoughts on this type of a tragedy as we get ready to dig into some very sensitive waters, if you will, uh, of injustice here. Your thoughts? 
that's what it is, Lamont. It's a tragedy. I can't even, well, I can believe it because of all the things that we're seeing here lately. But this is just, it's just sick. I mean, like you said, the mistake was not on his part. You you were released. And then to come back and after six years? Well, 16. No, well, six years, right? No, no. Well, yeah, six he years, but he years. served he 10. Yeah. for six years. So yeah. it took 16 years. After that many people's hands, and I know about the Department of Corrections, uh, how many hands does that information fall in and is thumbed through and right. looked at and checked and double-checked? In other words, you had 16 years to catch the to mistake. To catch you it. And it tells me, it sounds like a foul play to me. It doesn't sound like a mistake at all. It sounds like a vindictive judge uh, who wants to change his mind and sock it to this man. Because I tell you what, folks, the opinion of most people is that people that are in jail cannot be productive citizens of society. That is the, that is the perception. Uh, that's why they don't give you a job. That's why they won't let you live in an apartment. They won't let you get a, a place to live. They, don't want to, they want to take you are a second class, and I'm going to say fifth class if that's even something that's real or not, but you're at the lowest end of class, if you will, of society. And I think... This man was, and I actually saw his, the uh, parole compliance certificate uh, that said Mr. Uh, uh, Renee has completed, has adhered, has complied with his parole. And if the parole board, you went before a parole board, and you're telling me you still ain't caught up with the fact Nobody caught it. that there's an issue, folks, that stinks. And I'll tell you right now, it stinks all the way up uh, very, very high in the sky. And uh, we're going to uncover the injustice tonight here on AJC Radio. Cliff, your thoughts on this situation? Well, when you look at what they are claiming is the reason for this clerical error, I mean, they say, okay, they gave him eight counts or something like that for – a uh, for a robbery, which I mean, nobody got shot in, nobody got injured. But what they did now, it only makes sense. And everywhere you hear people when they serve a sentence, they serve consecutive sentences. So you say, okay, well, if I got concurrent. eight concurrent, that's what mm-hmm. I mean. They say, okay, if I got eight counts, then I serve them all out at the same time. That's well, right. this prosecutor, who, like you say, is now the judge, is saying no. These each each of these counts should you should do. 10 years, then do another 10 years. For 98 years? That makes no sense. And and just like in uh, Renee's interview, he said you have child molesters, murderers, all these type of people who commit horrific crimes against other people, and they get out in 10, 15 years, and you want to give this man 100 years for something he did when he was 20 years old. 19, yeah. You know, we're dealing with a... A very serious issue, and uh, we're going to get to that, folks, here. Uh, we expect uh, our very special guest uh, to be calling in here, uh, and they will be on the show here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, right now, we're going to go to get some current news right now. Lisa, a disclaimer for our folks, please. Yes, we just want to remind everyone that we are not attorneys, and a just cause does not provide any legal advice. You want to contact your, pers- your own personal legal advisor for all of your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause or AJC Radio. And as always, we want to thank you for taking a little time and choosing to spend some time with us this evening. And thank you for that, Lisa. And uh, current news right now, the big thing happening, uh, Cliff, I'm not sure if you folks heard of this today, uh, about the 10 U.S. sailors threatened to 
uh, that were actually captured, uh, Iran's capture of 10 U.S. sailors uh, here recently. Uh, says here, and I'll just uh, read what we have here, a sudden national security crisis ignited by Iran's capture of 10 U.S. sailors threatened to overshadow President Barack Obama's final State of the Union address on Tuesday. Uh, and w- so the president is facing some challenges here. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I applaud the president for what he has done in his tenure uh, as Commander-in-Chief Cliff of this country. Uh, he's done a lot of things. Uh, you can say what you want about it, uh, and it's unfortunate that a sitting president, sitting eight years in office, has had the uphill battle of getting cooperation from members of Congress. Uh, it's, uh, that is, uh, that is, should not be going on in this country right now. We are at the point of crisis. Not only do we have the issue with Iran's capture of those sailors, we have the threat of ISIS on the, on the homeland. Uh, there are a lot of things going on right now, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, anxious to hear what the president has to say tonight. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, Cliff, he's done a good job. And uh, I think America should de- definitely salute him for what he's attempted to do here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's made historical marks uh, in America, done things that uh, no other sitting president has been able to do. And uh, people can say what they will uh, about him. And, you know, you have some some of his uh you know, enemies are saying, well, you know, he hasn't done anything as a president. Well, let, uh, I'm sure tonight he will lay out a few of those things to ensure that their mouth is shut from that perspective. So, you know, uh, you, you guys, TiVo that, record it, DVR it, however you want to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to hear exactly what he has to say tonight. No, absolutely right. And uh, like I said, folks, uh America needs to come together and get the job done that they were that our elected officials have voted in office to do. And you know, it takes all of us to come together and to bring about change to this nation. And uh, when we take the oath that we take seriously, and with lawmakers and legislators and and whoever happens to occupy the White House in 2016, uh, or at least win the White House in 2016, uh, there needs to be a change of culture in this country. Uh, you got folks laughing at at, at America. Uh, you got folks saying, oh, well, you know, they all they do is bicker and not get along, and this happens and that happens. How can you effectively run a country? Uh, and given all of that, President Obama has stepped out and done, as Cliff said, monumental things in this country. Uh, he last week was talking about the importance of gun control uh, and, and rein, reining people in, not in any way violating the Second Amendment right to bear arms. None of that's on the table, and it was clear that that was not on the table, and we still had... Uh, uh, Speaker of the House uh, Ryan come out and make a statement that was completely contrary to the president's plans. That's the type of stuff that just does not make any sense. We have a canned speech, a canned response to anything positive that the president, Democrat or Republican, has to say. We're not going to get anywhere, folks, with that going on. It just just does not work in this time uh, of our country. So we need to really come together uh, and, and do what's best for a nation, not only the nation, but our children, our children's children, everything is at stake here. And it's important that we uh, go into the right direction that we need to go. So uh, just a little uh, soapbox action there as we address the issues facing the nation. And uh, we are excited uh, about what's, uh, what's going on in this country as far as at least the steps that are trying to be made by this president to bring about change, to save lives, to cut down on the... Yeah, the, the the killings and things. Cliff, we talked last week. I know we talked off air in regards to the the death toll in Chicago. People dying in the streets there every single day. Your thoughts on that? 
Well, that's one of those things that, uh, you know, we have to get control of as a, as a country. I mean, there has to be something that can be done to say, look, uh, we have to take control of it. And, and that taking control is not saying, you know, well, hey, cops go in there and shoot everybody with a gun. That's not the answer. That's what they've tried. But uh, as you know, that has not worked anywhere in the nation. Sure. All that does is uh, end up with innocent people dead. But we have to communicate as a community, as a nation, to uh, you know, uh, to address the issues that are going on. You know, uh, Martin Luther King said that you know uh, riots and protests are the are the voice of the unheard. So when you don't when you don't hear what the people have to say, then they respond in these type of manner. So we need to ensure that every voice is heard. So that we can uh, get a plan to get some conclusion, and I think part of the uh, president's gun control, uh, you know, plan is 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 where it starts. Yeah, and I find it very difficult to understand in America uh, if a, if the president or anybody else has an idea that can save lives. These are kids getting killed in the streets, uh, along with the adults that are dying in our streets as a result of guns being out of control. He is saying, let's do some extensive background, let's do some extensive searching, let's do some, ex- ex- you know, extensive investigating how we can. That is the only way change is going to ever uh, come about. And that is the purpose of the president. It's the purpose of, of, of us as American citizens. It's the purpose of our members of Congress that we elect uh, to help us and to guide us through what lies ahead. So, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think everybody should always say prayers for the president. Uh, say a prayer for the president. His job is enormous. It is overwhelming, I'm sure, beyond our comprehension uh, to occupy that office. And it's amazing to me, every politician that runs for office has a quick fix that the country's going to flip a coin and we're going to be just right back where we need to be. Uh, they have no familiarity uh, in regards to the presidency of the United States. Uh, so it may uh, behoove them to back off their rhetoric until they occupy that seat, because there's a lot involved with being the President of the United States. Uh, coming up, folks, we are going to deal with an issue that is that is over the top, if you will, overwhelming, horrific, tragic. As America, an unequal justice in America. You, you wonder, what does that mean, unequal justice? Well, there's justice for one group of people, and there's, if you've got enough money, justice can be bought. But if you're black, Hispanic, poor, maybe not with the advantages that others may have, statistically it has been proven that unequal justice is alive and well in America, and it is affecting a nation in a huge, overwhelming way. And these are things that, again, have to be addressed. On the other side of the break, coming back, we're going to be having uh, Jasmine Lima Marin the wife of Renee Lima Marin, gentleman, uh, incarcerated in 1998 at the age of 19, served 10 years of his 16-year sentence uh, for robbery in which he used an unloaded gun. So it's not, they can't even say it's armed robbery. Gun wasn't loaded. He made a mistake. And they gave him a sentence, and they come back, not going to do a couple of more months, Mr. Uh, Mr. Marin, uh, but we're going to send you back for 98 years and rip you from your family, your boys, your wife, your friends, your career. We will tear the American dream away from you and we will rip your heart out at the same time. Doesn't sound like a place that's called America, but I guarantee you that's exactly what it is. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming right back on AJC Radio with tonight we deal with an issue, unequal justice in America. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm an actor, and that qualifies me to talk to you about social issues. And even though my opinion is controversial, I believe that racism is wrong. Now today, what I would like you to do is take a look at your skin color and hug somebody that has a different color skin. We can stop racism together one hug at a time. Definitely ask permission before you hug somebody. Thank you. Odds of becoming an astronaut, 1 in 13,200,000. Odds of being struck by lightning, 1 in 576,000. Odds of dating a supermodel, 1 in 88,000. Odds of bowling a perfect game, 1 in 11,500. Odds of being trapped in an elevator, 1 in 24,528. Odds of catching a ball at a major league game, 1 in 563. Odds of an injury from shaving, 1 in 6,585. Odds of tripping while texting, 1 in 10. Odds of getting cancer in your lifetime, 1 in 2 men, 1 in 3 women. It's up to us to change the odds for our generation. For the ones we love. For our future. If you don't like the odds, stand up. Stand up to cancer. Here are 50 white guys. Here are 50 black guys. Here's how many white guys can expect to go to prison in their lifetime. The chances amount to 1 out of 17. Now, here's how many black guys can expect the same thing. The chances are 1 out of 3. Why? Lots of reasons. It's complicated, but one thing is clear. There's a racial bias at every level of the criminal justice system. When blacks and whites commit the same kind of crimes, blacks are more likely to be arrested. Once arrested, they're more likely to be convicted. Once convicted, they're more likely to serve longer sentences. Look at the numbers in America's so-called war on drugs. About 14% of America's drug users are black, as are about a quarter of drug sellers. Yet blacks are 34% of people arrested for drug crimes. And those convicted of drug crimes? 46% are black. By the time we factor in sentencing, there are actually more black drug offenders than white ones in state prisons and federal prisons. In the end, the incarceration rate for drug crimes is 10 times higher for blacks than it is for whites. These are the facts. Racial disparities in America's war on drugs are one big reason that one of three black men can expect to go to prison in their lifetime. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice 
all around the world. And tonight we deal with a very important issue, and that issue is affecting a lot of people across this land. I was this week, uh, or last week, uh, I believe, uh, when I was, uh, it was brought to my attention about this story uh, regarding Renee Lima Marin uh, and what he has suffered at the hand of injustice. And that's exactly what it is. I had a privilege of talking to Jasmine, his wife, uh, and I'll tell you what, a woman of courage fighting for justice. And she has uh, attained an ally, if you will, at a just cause in AJC Radio. And we welcome her tonight to this program to tell her story of the horrific acts that have happened that was meant to rip her family apart. And she maintains a level of courage and sincerity to seek justice, and we join her in that fight. And Jasmine, welcome to the program tonight. Hi, thanks Hi. for having me. You're very welcome. How are you this evening? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing good, and uh, I'm very happy. I understand that uh, uh, your attorney is uh, is going to be joining us, uh, and uh, we want to go yeah. ahead and, and bring him on right now, uh, Patrick Magero. Uh, if I pronounce that right. Patrick, are you there? Patrick, are you there? Yes, uh, Patrick is here. Thank you very much for having me on. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Jasmine. Jasmine, sorry. Good and good evening. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Patrick. I didn't get an opportunity. We didn't actually connect, connect, but I talked to your people today. So we're here uh, and we're ready to go in this conversation that we think the American people need to know about, and uh, you folks know the details in and out uh, of this injustice. And I'm going to start, if I can, with Jasmine. Uh, Jasmine, I'm going to just give you the floor, and, and uh, we're, we're sitting down at the kitchen table, so to speak. So just uh, relax. This is informal. And, and talk to the people uh, across America about what's happening as we continue to seek justice uh, for Renee. Okay. So, yeah, basically what happened is um – Back on um, January 7th of 2013, basically my husband received a phone call from a public defender and they basically told him that his sentence um, was supposed to be run um, con um, consecutive versus concurrent and that he was going to be sent back to prison to serve out uh, the remaining of a 98-year sentence and that he would be... Um, Picked up within 24 to 48 hours um, later that night. He was um, met by about 10 police officers dressed in black. I'm not sure if they were SWAT team or exactly what they were, but they met him. They had their tasers out, no guns. They were pretty respectful. They um, basically told him that, you know, sorry that we have to do this, but we have to basically take you back and... Um, they let him take off everything that he had, his jacket, his ring, his watch. He was able to give me his wallet, kiss me and the boys goodbye, and just like that, he was gone. Um, since then, we have been basically waiting and just trying to get him out. <laughs> and that's, that's where we're at today. And Jasmine, um, what I understand, and, and please correct me uh, if I'm wrong, this is what is really mind-boggling to me. Um, and the mind-boggling thing is, why was a man sentenced to 98 years for a armed robbery, 
uh, as he explained on the on the video, um, that it was the gun wasn't. My understanding is the gun wasn't even loaded. How can you give somebody? And this is what's confusing to me. And and I'm going to ask your attorney, um, uh, Patrick, and maybe you can chime in on this. The sentence itself at the beginning was insane. How do you sentence any? How do you sentence anybody to 98 years? Now my understanding is this, and I'll let you tell it, Patrick, if you could explain it. I was wrongfully convicted in this state. I did seven years for a crime I did not commit. I sat next to people who were in prison for attempted murder where someone died that received a 48-year sentence, 28-year sentence, 26-year sentence. And to Renee's uh, point that he made, he said, you have child molesters, you have rapists, you have murderers that don't get that type of time. Patrick, if you can help me understand, how is that even feasible or possible in this case? Honestly, I wish I could help you understand because I don't understand it myself. Uh, when I first came into this case and I started telling people, my client received a 98-year sentence. Uh, most people ask me, well, okay, who did he kill? The answer is nobody. Okay, well, who did he hurt? The answer is nobody. Um, how does this happen? That's a wonderful question. Unfortunately, uh, in the state of Colorado back then and even now, as progressive as a state that may be, uh, they do have laws on the books that permit people to be punished so severely for these types of offenses, even where nobody is murdered, nobody is raped, no children are hurt, nobody at all is hurt. And the way that this happens is what I like to call prosecutorial vindictiveness. That's when a prosecutor stacks charges upon charges upon charges to really, for lack of a better term, screw somebody over so horribly. And that's what happened here. Renee was, I think, 19 years old when this occurred. Um, when he went to trial, he was about 20 years old. And judge took the rest of his life away for something where he did not take anyone else's life away. To me, that is the very definition of cruel and unusual punishment. And what makes this case even worse, even more profound, is because a, a clerical error was made that resulted in Renee being released from prison after only eight years of model behavior, by the way, and then being released from parole, discharged early for good behavior. Um, he was allowed to go back into the community. He got married. He had children. He got a job. He bought a house. He started coaching youth soccer, was very involved in his kids' lives, was very involved in other kids' lives in his community. He did everything that you would expect a man to do. And most importantly, never, ever once got in trouble. The cruel and unusual aspect of this case is after this man has lived an exemplary life, after he grew up and manned up and, and, and acted as, an, as a responsible citizen, to then rip him away from a loving wife and two beautiful children and tell him that he has to go back to prison because he owes the state of Colorado another 90 years. That is probably the most heartbreaking thing of all. Well, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things that... It leaves you speechless, to be honest with you. Um, 
I've never seen any like it. In my seven years of being incarcerated, uh, never seen a case like this. And I think the unfortunate part, and, and Patrick, correct me, the judge himself who ordered Renee back to prison was the prosecutor in his prosecution. Is that correct? Very close. What happened was the prosecutor who originally stacked the charges against Renee in what I believe is a very cruel and inhuman manner and caused this sentence to be imposed, he ended up becoming a judge in the same courthouse. And for whatever reason, several years after Renee had already been released from prison, even a couple of years after he'd been discharged from parole early, this man who is now a judge in that courthouse took it upon himself to conduct a search to see if the person that he put away in prison for 98 years was just to find out what he was up to, make sure he was still in prison. And he discovered that Renee had been released. And what he did was he then contacted his old buddies at the district attorney's office and notified them and directed them to go pick him up. You got to be and it's I couldn't believe it myself until I actually read the paperwork. What's the judge's name? Do you have it? Uh, that or, judge's name is, I believe, Frank Muschietti. And this is, you know, when you look at, uh, you look at what, what, what the whole nation is talking about, uh, mandatory minim, minimums and the foolishness behind that, and prosecutorial misconduct, uh, judicial misconduct. This is a poster child for all of those things. How how does a man get 98 years for uh you know for for a robbery, except there's a vendetta out for him? I mean, you you look at people like Charles Manson. He's in life for prison, and and rightfully so with all the people who killed. But you're you're talking about a person who made one mistake, as a very young man, a teenager, and this is what his life is supposed to be. Then you let him out. He proves to the whole world that he has been, uh, you know, rehabilitated, that his desire is not to commit crime. His desire is to be of service to his community, to help the children out, to be a father, to be a provider, to do everything that he can to right the wrong. But uh, as is so often in America, no one who has ever committed a wrong, you're never allowed to wipe the slate clean. You're never allowed to finish your sentence, no matter how long it's been. And you look at you look at this situation with uh, with Renee and with his family, and you say, how in America does this happen? And I mean, I I, I saw the uh, the petition on Change.org that uh, that Renee first uh, brought up, and all of the signatures. And you say, how is this not a situation that has not been brought before the president? That has not been brought to Congress? I, I think you got somewhere near a half a million signatures that everybody who has seen this situation said this is sick. This is out of control. This is this is unneedful. This man needs to be back in the community, being the help that he was. And, and, and seemingly, Colorado is is the is the place to to be if you want to ensure that if you make one mistake in life, will be held against you forever. And, and Renee, I got a question for you. Um, so, when when Renee got out of prison, is that when you folks got married, or or how did that work out for? How did all that come about? Um, yeah, we, um, got married, um, in July, um, July 13th of 2013. 
And this happened... We waited until after he completed his parole and we had our wedding then. Okay, so this is a a woman, a man, uh, two... And I had the privilege, uh, Cliff, Lisa, uh, uh, Jeanette, of seeing those two kids, beautiful children. Uh, This is what the American dream is supposed to be about. Uh, You know, this is... It sounds to me, Renee was the... Uh, and is the uh, example of what to do right after you've made a mistake. And I think, to Patrick's point, uh, uh, he grew up through this. Ten years of prison will grow you up. And and I think, Lamont, that's what bothers me. This boy, he was a boy, really, a very mm-hmm. young man when he committed this crime, 19 years old, okay? So then what is the purpose of incarceration what is the purpose if not for rehabilitating and reforming a person he's totally changed you're saying he was the model inmate then he came out and was the model citizen but we want to lock you back up well uh, this is one of those situations where the time does not fit the crime uh it it just it doesn't even fit here uh and my understanding is uh, patrick and renee that this is before the colorado state supreme court uh, where all arguments have been made. Now, Patrick, I'll ask you this question because this is what comes to mind after uh, becoming what you call a jailhouse lawyer, uh, doing doing my uh, wrongful conviction. But this is what I understand to be ineffective assistance of counsel. If his attorney is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Renee and Patrick, on this, the attorney, and this is what Renee said in the interview, his attorney told him that this was the situation. Is that correct, Jasmine? Yes. So this was information given by his attorney, which he's yielding himself to the expertise of that expertise, excuse me, of that attorney to advise him and tell him correctly. Is that correct? That's right. Uh the average person is going to rely on the advice of a licensed attorney because most people don't have the kind of legal training or, or experience to understand these very, very complicated issues of law. No, it's 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 uh, it's one of those things that, um, and somebody has to be held accountable. In my opinion, it is the attorney that must be held accountable. And I and Renee, I um, excuse me, uh, Jasmine, I saw the uh, the com- the compliance certificate that said he complied with parole. Uh, that it was complete, it was finished. Um, what doesn't make a lot of sense to me is the number of hands, as I said earlier, that 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 these documents or paperwork passes through during processing in of an inmate into the Department of Corrections. And it they, is it is enormous. And how do they? How do they? The thing that kills me is how do you say that the that the Colorado State the Justice Department, the clerk, whoever makes a clerical error and now you take it out of the if you made an error you wear it. you made an error you deal with it you deal with the fact that okay we made an error we let him out but then you look at who this man is since you let him out i mean there have been other cases that have happened same type situation where there was a clerical error but the judge in common sense says you know you've been out you have shown yourself to be a viable member of the community to be, as Jeanette said, a uh, you know just a model citizen. Why would you go and pull somebody like that back off the street? That is 
what the system is supposed to show. That is a person that you showcase, not say, okay, we're going to pull you back in and you have to spend another 89 years in prison. That is somebody you showcase and say, this man spent 10 years and he learned his lesson. Look what happened to his life. Look at the good he's doing. He grew up. Exactly. He grew up. He grew up. And, and I mean, use it as advertisement for the system, saying the system helped him, caused him to grow up, and this is why. I mean, I mean anything except we're pulling him back, and because we made the error, well, now we're going to take it out on him and his children. Well, just, just, just not right. And I'm going to read a response, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to get your thoughts on this, Patrick, as soon as you, This is insane on the highest level. Uh, in a lengthy reply on behalf of the state, District Attorney Rich Orman described Lima Marin's five years and eight months of accidental freedom as a great stroke of luck. The fact that Lima Marin lived like a model citizen for five years, Orman argued, should have no bearing. Plainly said, Orman wrote the defendant had no business getting married and starting a family. Wow. Excuse me? Wow. Can somebody yes. help me? Yes. Patrick, is this... Is, this, this, I, is, this is, by the way, this, this is coming from a public official that represents the people of the state of Colorado saying that he had no business getting married and having children and leading a law-abiding life. So in other words, what they think is that when the Colorado prison system said, okay, Mr. Lima Marin, pack up, you're going home, he should have started kicking and screaming and saying, no, I won't go. I don't want to go home. I think I owe you another 90 years. I mean, that's the height of insanity. That, to me, makes no sense. And to say that he had no business getting married and having children, I mean, where is the sense of compassion? Where is the sense of forgiveness? Where is the sense of of doing justice? Remember, a prosecutor's job is not just to put people in prison. It's to do justice. If this is their idea of doing justice, I'm glad I don't live there. Well, I'll tell you right now, Patrick and uh, Jasmine, this what that district attorney said is the sentiment of the people in the state of Colorado and in and, and country and excuse me in counties and cities and states all over this country because he said it he basically speaks for the problem this nation faces and that's this how what gives him the right Mr. Orman what gives you the right to tell a man after doing 10 years in prison, you don't have a right to get married or to start a family. That is the, that's why prosecutorial misconduct is on a rise in this country, because they don't believe you're rehabilitated. They don't care whether you're innocent or guilty. It's about you are the scum of the earth. You have no right of normalcy. Mr. Rich Orman, district attorney, should be ashamed of himself and should be disbarred and removed from office. I mean, where is the humanity? You've got to be kidding me. You're talking about, I mean, you don't just look at the uh, at the one individual. You, you cannot just look at Renee and say, okay, this only affects him. You look at his wife. You look at his children. You look at his entire community and and say what effect will have that. That is the sickening part of the of the uh, system is that there you have these prosecutors, you have these judges that take no, uh, they have no account, no no thought for how you affect the community. Oh. It, it's, it's not just okay. 
he needs to serve more time. And why? You look at you look at uh, like I said earlier. There's cases of this happening before, and in in Missouri, there was a young man uh, named uh, last name Anderson. He stood before Judge Terry Brown, and the thing that Judge Brown told him is the proper thing that should have happened. Judge Brown says, "I believe that continuing to incarcerate you serves no purpose, would be a waste of taxpayer dollars, and punish a good man." The same situation. But the judge had enough sense to say, you know what, it makes no sense. Why punish a good man? Why take someone from the community that is offering Whoa. so much? Go ahead, Patrick. You were going to say something? I, I, I know that case in Missouri very, very well because I was uh, Mr. Anderson's lawyer. <laughs> and wow. I was there when, when that judge said that. Um, I was the one who walked Mr. Anderson out of prison. And wow. that's that is that is one of the... One of the breaks of practicing law is we had a, almost the same scenario in St. Louis, Missouri, equally deserving client, and in that case, the state of Missouri treated him 180 degrees differently than the state of Colorado is treating Renee Lima Marin. Um, and we, and that is one of the the big hangups that I have about practicing law is you find this incredible disparity, this incredible unfairness this lack of uniformity all over the place, sometimes within the same state, sometimes within the same county. But, uh, you know, here we here we have just the deserving of a, of a young man um, that has a whole life ahead of him. And you mentioned something before, where's the president in this? Well, one of the things that we're doing in, um, in promoting our Change.org petition, and we have over a quarter million supporters so far, which is amazing. Um, we're going to be petitioning the governor of the state of Colorado to take executive action and grant this man clemency. And that's a backup plan just in case our appeal that's pending in the Colorado Supreme Court does not work. But um, if there's ever a political solution to a legal problem, this has to be the case. Well, President well, Obama is rightfully granting clemency to people who are convicted of all sorts of offenses who don't deserve to spend the rest of their lives in prison. And the governor of Colorado, I believe, should follow suit, follow that lead. No, I agree with that. And uh, uh, AJC Radio, or Just Cause, uh, we will also join in that fight and send a letter to the governor on your behalf, Jasmine, uh, for your husband. And I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jasmine and Patrick, can you guys come back on the other side of this break with us? Absolutely. Okay, Jasmine, you're good with that. Okay, folks, ladies and gentlemen, America stands at the crossroad of decision. Tonight, that decision needs to be the release of Renee Lima Marin, a man, a father, a husband, that injustice has interrupted and tore his world apart. But we will fight this fight for justice. As tonight on AJC Radio, we deal with unequal justice in a place we call America. We're coming right back. We'll be right back with you.
The racial composition of the prison population in the United States is very different from the population at large. If people are worried about inequality in America today, I think this deserves more attention in the discussion. Racial inequality in the criminal justice system gets ignored because it doesn't affect most people. In 2010, over 1.6 million people were in state and federal prisons within the United States. So 497 out of every 100,000 Americans were in jail, about half of 1%. Less than 1%. That doesn't seem very large, but when you separate that population by race, you recognize that the personal effects of the criminal justice system are very unequally shared throughout our society. Whites make up 64% of the total population, but only 31% of the incarcerated population. Blacks represent 14% of society, but 36% of the prison population. Hispanics are 16% of America, but 24% of the American prison population. Less than one in 100 Americans are currently in jail, but for some races, genders, and age groups, that ratio is a lot larger. For example, if you're young, black, and male, it's closer to about one in four. That means you'd have a higher probability of going to jail than of getting married or going to college. These results are unequal and problematic as poor black communities lack so many of their members. But what can be done? The causes of this trend are undoubtedly complicated and multi-causal. But there is reason to suggest that part of the blame is our criminal justice system itself in the ways police officers enforce laws, in the ways that laws are written and prosecuted, and more. In many cases, it is not overt racism by individual actors. Many police officers, prosecutors, and judges are undoubtedly trying to be fair and trying to do the right thing. But economics can explain how unequal enforcement of the criminal law happens anyway. This is because the political and bureaucratic structure of the criminal justice system creates perverse incentives. The formal laws surrounding drug prohibition, for example, are written as if to be colorblind, but people with different levels of wealth face different costs and benefits to participating in the drug trade. Different groups consume different drugs at different rates, and lastly, those groups are politically represented in very different quantities. Thus, they are arrested and incarcerated at very different rates. How could minority groups hope to use the political process to fix inequality when they are systematically over-incarcerated and disenfranchised. Despite noble intentions, politics often does not affect the basic incentives of costs and benefits faced by political or citizen actors. We might need a new approach to social change if we are going to address these problems. We definitely need more study into the causes of inequality, and we should admit that radical changes might be both necessary and preferable to the status quo. Colorado is back in prison after spending the past six years free. Rene Limamarn was jailed after robbing two video stores at gunpoint when he was only 19 years of age. According to Limamarn, the rifle he used in the crimes was not loaded. No one was hurt in the robberies, but he received multiple sentences to be served consecutively, totaling 98 years. A decade into his prison term, he was set free. In the past six years since his release, 
Lima Marin bought a house, married his ex-girlfriend, helped raise her son, and they had a child together. Basically, he lived a normal, happy existence. That is, until January of this year when a judge ordered him to return to jail and serve the rest of the 98-year sentence there. Lima Marin says his appeals lawyer told him 13 years ago that his sentences were instead going to run concurrently for a total of 16 years. Unfortunately, the attorney was incorrect due to a clerical error and so were court documents sent to the Department of Corrections. His nearly 100-year term reflects a campaign that is no longer used called Chronic Offender Program. Given that he has eight convictions from his youth for both robbery and kidnapping, the consecutive sentences add up to life in prison. His family has set up a petition online that requires 20,000 signatures for his quick release. A GoFundMe page has also been launched to help pay for legal fees. Oh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to AJC Radio, where we seek and bring the message of justice all around the world. And um, the looks in this studio tonight, after that uh, news report, we are blown away tonight, and we have the privilege and the honor of having Patrick McGarrow, uh, the attorney for Mr. Rene Lima Marin, and also we have Jasmine Lima Marin, the wife of Renee Lima Marin joining us tonight. Folks, are you with us? Yes. Patrick is here. Good evening again. And thank you so much for giving us some time this evening. And uh, Jasmine, this question is for you. Uh, I know we have a preconceived notion of what justice is or our justice system in America, uh, of what we believe it to be. Tell the folks out there tonight, uh, my question for you is, is, I'm sure it's changed drastically. What were your thoughts of the justice system, the criminal justice system before? What are your thoughts now? And how do we get pick up the pieces and try uh, to go forward? Well, before I would say that I, I would think it was pretty good. Um, but since this has happened, I've um, been following a lot more cases and you know, always on the internet looking at certain things and just following certain stories in the news, and it seems to be pretty corrupt. Absolutely. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, my understanding is you have over 300,000 signatures, is that right? Yes. And these are folks supporting, petitioning. I think, Jasmine, when we talked yesterday, you said that there were... Uh, something was told you that if we got 20,000 signatures, what did they tell you would happen? Well, we were hoping that we would actually get a response back, um, but we have yet to hear any responses to the petition at all, to the people that the petition has been. um, Basically, supposedly, anytime someone signs the petition, they're supposed to get an email. So you would think that after receiving 300,000 emails of people signing this petition that we would have at least, you know, got a reply back. We have yet to hear anything. Okay. And have the, uh, Patrick, you talked earlier in regards to uh, seeking a pardon or clemency from the governor in the state of Colorado. Has that information been sent as of yet? I'm sorry, say again? Has the information been sent to Governor Hickenlooper's office? Not yet. Uh, We're still collecting more signatures and we're collecting more documents um, to support our petition. Um, But as soon as, and I just spoke with Renee yesterday, 
about that. Um, he's going to get that back to us as soon as possible because we we want to get this in. I, we think 2016 is the year. Um, we also are riding a crest of great public support. We have a lot of community-based groups, a lot of faith-based groups that are really in our corner, and even some brave elected officials, local elected officials in Colorado have stood up and said, I believe this is wrong. I believe this man really deserves some forgiveness. I, we believe this man deserves to be back in society and back with his family. And we want to we ride that, that crest of support right to the governor's office. And that was really evident on December 15th of this past year when we had our oral argument in the Colorado Supreme Court. Uh, the gallery on, on my side was completely packed, and which is very unusual for an appeal. Uh, an appellate argument, you usually don't see that many people. We, we packed the house. On the other side, on the, you know, on the state side, the only people that were there were uh, the gentleman that you mentioned earlier, Assistant District Attorney Rich Foreman and a colleague of his, watching the Attorney General argue the cause for the state of uh, Colorado. Okay, and uh, is the, what can a just cause do uh, protocol-wise, uh, uh, Patrick? Because our intention uh, was to send a letter uh, along uh, with a uh, attorney's opinion uh, another uh, independent attorney here in Colorado to the state Supreme Court uh, arguing this issue that this is a, we as an advocacy group uh, we're about seeking justice and what can we do what is protocol for us and are we able because our intention is to send that letter to the states uh, to the Colorado Supreme Court uh, tomorrow morning that is our intention uh, is that something we can do does that follow protocol as far as how things are done there not exactly. When when you're dealing with courts, there's a very rigid set of rules and and ways that others can uh, make their opinions known. And and the reality is that judges are required to disregard anything other than the, than what is properly submitted according to the rules. Uh, the thing that you can do is promote the online petition because the more signatures we get, the better it is the stronger our petition to the governor will be. Because the online petition and the paper petition that will be submitted to the governor will go hand in hand together. And when I when I petition the governor for this relief, uh, I'm going to say, look how many of your registered voters and constituents support your decision to grant this man clemency. And the, the more that that, and, and we all know that the, the power of social media these days is very great. The more this gets around, the more viral it gets, uh, the more people sign it, and the more the people's voice will be heard at the Capitol in Denver. Um, we, you can also go to our, our Facebook page, which is Appeals Law Group, and we have the petition posted there along with a link to ajcradio.com. Um, so if you click through to the link, you can just take a moment or two to sign it, folks. It'll go a long way to a very deserving man and his wife and, and children. Remember, there's the one thing that I think the district attorney and the courts quickly forget is that at the heart of this case, there's two little boys at home without their father. Yes, and that's the bottom line. Little boys and their father. And, and, and as a parent myself, 
I can't imagine. I, and I've been away from my kids when I was in the military. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be away for so long, away from your children. And remember, there's, there's two little boys out there that need their father. And that's really what this really, this is what this boils down to for me, as a lawyer, as a man, as a father myself. Sure, and we have a uh, basic, uh, Jasmine, a newlywed, needs her husband home. Uh, You know, we talk a lot in this country about the importance of family, the importance of the structure of family being important, that our kids grow up in a positive environment. And Renee and Jasmine were seeking to raise their children in a positive environment. And now, Jasmine, you have to tell your children, at least at the moment, and, and we are going to do everything we can. We will post uh, Patrick, what you just mentioned to us will be posted on our website uh, that this is a case we are fighting for justice and that uh, you have the support of AJC Radio and Just Cause. Make no mistake about that. And uh, we will get the message out until action happens uh, every week on this program, every program that we come, we will dedicate a little bit of time uh, talking about Renee and Jasmine and those little boys that need folks to go out online and to sign these petitions. And we will we will we'll, we'll cry from every housetop, and as Martin Luther King's birthday approaches, you get in the MLK spirit of things uh, that uh, uh, a man should be, and I believe, honestly, this is my opinion, and I'm going to put it out there. I'm allowed to as a, as a citizen. Uh, I believe race is involved here uh, without question. I believe that uh, with this vindictive attitude and, and going to the district attorney who made the statement, he has no business starting a family and buying a house. Who are you is my question. Who made you an authority on a person's life to tell what a man can? You don't have a right to have a family then or to buy a house. What makes you, again, this is disparity within our criminal justice system. And it's, when it starts going into courtrooms, the fact that the judge went outside the role of judge is what he did. Didn't concern him. For him to do that should be an investigation looked into the, this judge's motives, why he did what he did, and why he said what he said. It is, it, it is very clear. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. What prompted you to go just look into this man's case who you sent to prison? What do you care? It te- it stinks to me. It has a smell of foul, if you will, that that uh, that isn't going to go away. And uh, uh, I tell you what, it's 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 heartbreaking, is what it is. But uh, Jasmine, uh, you guys have a a true uh, ally in AJC Radio and a just cause. And we're going to post this on all of our websites uh, that uh, uh, that we can get the word out that justice must be rendered in this case. Um, Jasmine, is there anything you would like to say to the listeners out there tonight that have the ability to uh, to hear you, hear from you and your plea for help that we try to bring uh, Renee home? Um, I would just like to ask everyone to go to the petition site and sign the petition or to your website um, and just sign and share the petition with anyone that you possibly can. I do believe that the more signatures that we get is going to better the chance of him coming home to us. And I just thank you guys all for listening and tuning in tonight. 
And Jasmine, just want to let you know that we are going to issue a press release in regards to this to the, what's going on with your husband because this is this is the worst kind of injustice I think I've ever seen. I just I've never heard of anything so insane. But we're gonna we're gonna get the word out as best we can and let other people know about what's happening here because people need to know that these things happen in this country because I don't think they believe it. They really don't believe that these kind of things actually happen. And I'll tell you this as well, uh, Jasmine, um, that um, uh, our, our, have you guys, let me ask this question to both Mark and you, uh, excuse me, Patrick and you, excuse me. Uh, have you guys reached out to the uh, the people on Capitol Hill that represent the state of Colorado? Have they been notified, the senator and congressman up there? I, I have, um, and uh, unfortunately I haven't heard back from the federal elected representatives yet. Okay, and uh, and uh, we will do our best, uh, Lisa, to uh, to reach out uh, to those folks. We have a little bit of a rapport, if you will, on Capitol Hill. Yes. Uh, and we will reach out to other lawmakers up there that may have influence with Colorado lawmakers and see what they can do. And uh, we will reach out to our uh, members of Congress. Uh, many of them have appeared on this show. Um, and I'll tell you what, we will reach out. When you start spreading the word of injustice, it's a domino effect. It should be. Uh, and this, 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 this is—I believe—this particular case sets precedents uh, that will hold judges and prosecutors accountable. And Cliff, we've been having that conversation on this program for quite some time. The lack of accountability yes. in this country for prosecutors and judges uh, is is, un- is, is, is in- insanity here. And there's nobody is answering for their acts. But now it's affecting the lives of two children. And Jasmine, how old are your children? Five and nine. Five and nine. And, uh, okay, Uh, folks, we appreciate you folks so very, very much. Uh, And I'll tell you right now, we intend to fight and continue to fight um, uh, for justice here. And we will continue to push uh, what we can on our end uh, to to, to bring justice here. And, 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 Patrick, is there an ETA when the Supreme Court, uh, Colorado Supreme Court, should respond? Unfortunately, no. Um, they can take as much or as little time as they want to render a decision. But uh, that's why I'm gearing up for the clemency petition, because I'm never content to sit around. If my client has to sit in jail, that means I need to be doing something. Well, wow. that's, that's respect. That's respectable. And, and uh, okay, we are going to be on the battle, and uh, we appreciate you, uh, Patrick, for joining us tonight. We know you're there on the East Coast, and you're 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 in Florida. I'm in Florida. I'm a New Yorker. I don't know if my accent came through, but uh, uh, I'm a recovering New Yorker living in Florida, and I travel around the country dealing with strange and unusual cases just like this. And I'm so sorry that you have to deal with the weather down there in Orlando this time of the year. <laughs> uh, we wish you the very best. And, uh, uh, Patrick, you have my contact information. Please keep us abreast of what's going on. Contact us. Uh, I'm open anytime, day or night. If you folks need to reach us, uh, we are available. Uh, so please don't hesitate to call us. Jasmine, and ladies and gentlemen, one thing about Jasmine that we found out in, in, the, in the few conversations I've had with her, uh, and, Jasmine, this is a this is a – uh, compliment to you. You would never know when I talked to you that this was going on in your life because you sound upbeat, happy, uh, very, you know, which is amazing to me. Uh, and I noticed that, and, and that's something that it speaks to your strength and your courage in the middle of battle 
uh, I, I'd say that's the definitely uh, that's the definite uh, uh, facts that point to a, a strong and, and, and courageous warrior, if you will. And uh, we appreciate your strength and how you do it. We're grateful that it's there, uh, but we do understand the battle is tough. But that's something that's a that's a compliment to you, and and we appreciate you and and coming on our show. If you guys ever need to come back on this show, uh, the door is wide open. It's one, we are actually one phone call away. Okay. Thank okay. you so much. Okay, you folks take care, and we will uh, go out there, Jasmine and 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 uh, Patrick. Check the website out; that will be posted here uh, within the next uh, 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 few hours. Uh, we will have that done. And uh, God bless you guys. And uh, as we seek for justice, uh, we're going to seek for you. Okay. Thank you, and have Thank a great you. night. Thank you for having us on. Okay, you folks take care. And All right, you too. Okay, folks, there you have it. Um, Heart-wrenching, troubling, that, you know, the more injustice that you see, it never gets easier. You think if you see one thing enough and enough and enough, you think, well, I'm used to it now. I'm kind of numb to it. When it comes to lives, children, wives, husbands, that are affected by what's going on in this country, it is a sincere tragedy that that would happen to someone in this country. This is unequal justice. Why are one out of one of every three blacks men will be incarcerated during their lifetime? One of three. That's unequal justice. Why is it our prisons are filling and overfilled with African-American uh, men and Hispanics. And it, we ask, why, what is the problem, and how do, we, how do we get to this point? Actions, just like in Renee's case, Renee's, uh, case Cliff, an, an insane, outrageous sentence. And you wonder, this speaks to the core of our problem. Cases just like this. And we say, what is the problem with our justice system? Why are we overcrowded? Why are our black men not being faithful to, you know, to, their, to being fathers and being committed fathers to their children? Because you're locking them up. Exactly. They're being ripped away. From their like, like, I, like I said earlier, you don't pull out a man Who's who would help right. to his community. That is the whole idea. You need uh, father figures. You need uh, role models. You don't strip somebody like that from the community. This is a man who can tell his story to younger men and say, you don't have to go down I mean, that road. I, ch- I was able to change my life. You don't pull him out. So here's what you have, Cliff. How many young people coming up would listen to him yes. and relate to him? And he can say, look, I was 19. I was a teenager. I did some stupid things. This is what it cost me. But I was able to get... See, it, it sounds like to me, America doesn't want a good ending to a story. Exactly. They want it all ending bad, which is ridiculous. And for that district attorney to make the oh. statement, he he should be disbarred. That statement infuriated me. It shows oh prejudice. My oh, my God. I was so mad. Because the thing is, now, his uh, um, attorney told him that he was serving the sentence um, that way and that he was getting out early for good behavior. Then you're going to penalize him 
and say he should have been kicking and screaming, saying, no, no, leave me locked Um, up. The appellate attorney is the one that told him these things. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are sitting on your couch tonight and you are wondering, look out your window and make sure you're still in America. I guarantee you you are. But a reality check needs to happen. America has lost her way. And as we come close on, uh, Lisa, I believe, a show next week dealing with the life, the life, the legend of Dr. Martin Luther King. Yes. His vision. And where are we today as a country? We're, I, hate, I hate to say this. The lady said to me on that airplane to Washington, D.C., Lisa, she said, I have forgotten whether it's 1960 or 2014. It's true. That statement alone speaks volumes. Ladies and gentlemen, where are we as a country? This country is messed up. It's in bad, bad shape. They need to do something quick. And and as I said, Lisa, Renee's upbeat attitude. Hey, Jasmine. Jasmine, Renee's the husband. But Jasmine's upbeat attitude and her point of view. And she's finding herself, you know, it sounds like she's becoming an, an, an a, a undercover advocate. You know, uh, what? <laughs> Lamont, like she was saying, so many Americans, so many of us, just normal everyday people, we face the same thing. It's like we don't know that the system is corrupt like this until it happens to you. You say over and over, you, you never know. This could be you. This could be well, your husband, your father, your son, your daughter. You no, don't realize until it happens to you. No, absolutely. And I'll tell you this right now, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want, before you do something, we're going to ask that you go to change.org, Lisa, uh, and you'll just, I believe, put in Renee Lima Marin, and you'll find the petition that they were speaking of. Please go out tonight and sign that. Every person listening to the sound of my voice, please um, uh, go to that petition. And and uh, our... our uh control room is telling us that that petition has been posted on our website so if you uh if you don't want to do the search if you want to get to it quicker go okay. out to ajcradio.com pull up the uh pull up our page and you'll see that link there and you can click on that they'll take you directly to the petition and we ask everyone that's listening go out there and sign that i mean we need to show the state of colorado and wherever you're calling from also show the state of Colorado, we're here in Colorado, that, you know, Governor Hickenlooper, th- this makes absolutely no sense. We cannot, we cannot let this be. I mean, you, you heard what uh, Patrick McGarrow said, that Colorado is, well, is this is epidemic. Right. And, and he recognized it. I mean, he, he did the case with, with, uh, with um, Anderson, Mike Anderson down in, uh, in, in, where is it? I think it was Missouri, uh, Chicago. Wherever it was at. But he did that case. He watched his man walk out under the same conditions that a judge with a sense of mind to make a proper statement that said it would not serve your community. That's it would right. be a waste of taxpayer money and a waste of the life of a good man to put you back in prison. Mm-hmm. That is what you want to see the justice system do. That is when we as American citizens can look up and say that is a judge that made a sound decision that wrought justice. Not just say, hey, uh, we're about locking people up. That is justice. justice. The man proved he's a good man and he was allowed to stay on the street. That's where it's at. And as I said earlier, the district attorney that that spewed that poison, that he had no right to a family, uh, I understand. I I, I didn't know someone in the district attorney's office was God. 
that made the final decision on a man's life. Uh, if that changed, I doubt very seriously it has. Uh, it sounds like this district attorney has the God complex. Oh, he uh, thinks he's God. Reality right. check, you're nothing. He had um, no business living. Uh, it, he had no business getting married. Had no business. What? Oh, yeah, my God. Th- these are things that are just its outrageous. It, it makes you really upset. But I'll tell you what, folks. On the other side of the break, we're coming back. We're going to discuss some of the racial disparities happening in America uh, right now that brings, again, unequal justice to folks. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, do you want your father, your husband, your brother, your sister ripped from your home suddenly before you decide to stand up and say, I believe I'll get into this fight? We'll be right back. I'm Lamont Banks along with Cliff Stewart, Lisa Stewart, and Jeanette Williams and the AJC Radio team where we are in in search for justice and bringing the message of justice all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Hang in there. conviction to that, life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with, especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause today, 1-855-529-4252. 
We seek justice for the children. As they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future. Well, this year alone, in a surprising bipartisan effort to reform the criminal justice system, the House Judiciary Committee introduced five bills addressing this issue, but noticeably absent was language governing plea bargaining. According to the U.S. Sentencing Commission, over 90% of convictions in the federal system come from guilty pleas. For state systems, it's around 95%. Could plea bargaining contribute to this? After all, in 1970, the Supreme Court established the constitutionality of plea bargaining, but warned that it would have serious doubts if the encouragement of guilty pleas by offers of leniency substantially increased the likelihood that defendants advised by competent counsel would falsely condemn themselves. Here to take a look at this issue is Nazgul Gomes-Noosh, research analyst for the Sentencing Project. Thank you very much for joining me today. Great to be here. What is attributed to the huge numbers of plea bargaining deals and their growth over the years? Part of it is just the really large number of people that are entering the system. So just in order for it to function efficiently, there can't be a very high rate of trials. And because of the introduction of mandatory minimum sentences, prosecutors can threaten really long sentences if people go to trial. And so in order to avoid those outcomes, people are more often willing um, to take plea bargain deals, which still impose harsh sentences on them, but not as bad as if they had gone to trial and lost. What's interesting here is also to look at prison statistics if you're looking at a minority male and what he might face um, when, when sentenced by a jury. It can be terrifying, and then he may sort of, as, as the quote said, condemn himself for fear that he'll be hung out to dry, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe a white female for the same crime. Does, do you think that has prevalence here also? This, has, this is definitely relevant here, and what's troubling is that when we have such a large proportion of cases settled through plea bargains, we have much less transparency than if the cases had gone to trial. Uh, so it creates a black, black box where prosecutors have a lot of power, and there's not as much uh, ability for people examining the criminal justice system to figure out what's going on and whether there are just outcomes. And to keep track of, of everything going on. Now, what are the most prevalent outcomes if the typical person, you know, you know, So what often happens is that people are in jail, detained before the outcome, before the outcome of their case. And so they don't really have a lot of patience to wait for a trial. And so they take a plea offer, uh, which exposes them to a pretty long sentence. As a consequence of this, people who are innocent are less likely to fight for themselves because of the situation that they're in, waiting in jail, because of the risk of the trial penalty. And um, as a consequence of this, we have continued racial disparities in the criminal justice system and uh, less of an ability to monitor what's going on in the work of prosecutors to be able to control for that. And we also have very long sentences that prosecutors are fighting for and trying to maintain mandatory sentences because they know they can use them as a threat to, to, um, to determine and to create these long sentences and plea outcomes.
And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Lamont Banks here with HAC Radio. Where we bring the message of justice all around the world. I'm Lamont Banks along with Cliff Stewart, Lisa Stewart, and Jeanette, Jeanette Williams. And ladies and gentlemen of America, if you've sat on your seat tonight and got a little uncomfortable, there's a reason for that. Unequal justice in a place we call America, the home of the, of the free and the brave. But I'll tell you right now, the American people should be nervous. They should be uneasy. If you have a loved one incarcerated anywhere in this country, you should be concerned. Because unequal justice is running rampant in the United States. And a clear example of that tonight, we had the privilege, the privilege excuse me, of having Jasmine Lima Marin along with Patrick uh, McGarrow, who is the appeals attorney, uh, appellate attorney rather, in this case, regarding Renee Lima Marin, a man that had uh, done 10 years in state prison here in Colorado, uh, was told by his attorney that uh, you're going to do uh, 16 years. He paroled as a result of his uh, 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 excellent, if you will, exhibitory uh, behavior. Uh, and was released from prison after after 10 years. He had six years that he was out. He decided, you know what, I'm going to do something positive with my life. I'm going to marry the love of my life. I'm going to have children, and I'm going to start a life. I'm going to buy a home. And what we, this clip sounds like something that is supposed to be the American dream. Uh, he went against, you got to be understand, the Department of Corrections in this state to get out on parole, and to achieve what he achieved, and to build a life for himself, which is what we all say. Everybody says on TV, oh, we want them to be productive citizens of society. We want this to happen. We want that to happen. But when we have a man that is that does that, it's like Colorado or this country can't seem to take that. We always want a bad end to somebody coming out of prison. That's the perception, at least, that I get from it. We're going to ask you tonight, ladies and gentlemen of America, to go to AJCRadio.com. There will be a link there where you can go to the petition for Renee Lima Marin to sign for justice. And uh, from my understanding, Cliff, from uh, Attorney Patrick uh, McGarrow, he's stating that they intend to seek justice from the governor's office, from Governor yeah. Hickenlooper's office, for clemency for this man. Uh, did 10 years, had a full-time job. And taking care of his family and, and Lisa, Cliff, Jeanette, when you look at the picture of that family, what a beautiful family. Uh, and how anybody and the district attorney, Mr. Orman, had the nerve to make the statement. He had no right to be happy. He had no right to start a life. Are you insane? Yes, he is. You don't belong in office. I'll tell you that right now. And he should be disbarred as a result of that. Because we encourage our, we encourage, we support, we are supposed to encourage those folks that have been locked up. They paid the debt to society. This man was 19 years old. He was a kid. And we, by no means do we excuse behavior, but we don't excuse this type of injustice. He was a kid. He 10 years grew him up in prison. He found something that I need to get my life together. Followed and complied with everything asked of him. And you come and rip his life after six years of freedom. And God forbid that all of us for the rest of our lives would be held accountable for what we did at 19 years old. Oh, and I mean, 98 years, Cliff. You're talking 98 years. This, 
This is not a man who went on a murderous killing. This is a man who made a mistake. One. Nobody was hurt. Learned his lesson, came out, became a part of society that, I mean, a model citizen. And you want to take that and rip it away and say, no, you need to go back to prison for 94 years? That is it is the most sickening thing that, uh, I mean, we, we've dealt with a lot of cases here. Yeah. And a lot of them that you say, okay, you know, a lot of wrongful convictions and things like that. But, I mean, this, this is one of the, I mean, most, this, it's just got me scratching. Well, I'll tell you this. For the folks that didn't hear this earlier, there was a news report on this. I'm going to play that clip one more time as we close this part of the segment of the show to hear exactly the injustice that happened to this man. Here's what it had to say. A man in Aurora, Colorado, is back in prison after spending the past six years free. Rene Lima-Barn was jailed after robbing two video stores at gunpoint when he was only 19 years of age. According to Lima-Barn, the rifle he used in the crimes was not loaded. No one was hurt in robberies, but he received multiple sentences to be served consecutively, totaling 98 years. A decade into his prison term, he was set free. In the past six years since his release... Lima Marum Lima. bought a house, married his ex-girlfriend, married. helped raise her son, and they had a child they, together. Yeah. Basically, he lived a normal, happy existence. That is, until That's January of this year, when a judge ordered him to return to jail and serve the rest of the 98-year sentence there. Lima Marin says his appeals lawyer told him 13 years ago that his sentences were instead going to run concurrently for a total of 16 years. Unfortunately, the attorney was incorrect due to a clerical error, and so were court documents sent to the Department of Corrections. His nearly 100-year term reflects a campaign that is no longer used called Chronic Offender Program. Given that he has eight convictions from his youth for both robbery and kidnapping, the consecutive sentences add up to life in prison. His family has set up a petition online that requires 20,000 signatures for his quick release. A GoFundMe page has also been launched to help pay for legal fees. And uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. As we sit here tonight... As the evening draws to an end here shortly, unequal justice in America is alive and well. We ask you to go to AJCRadio.com and sign the petition for the release of Rene Lima Merritt. And remember his wife, Jasmine, and their two children in your prayers and your thoughts. As we continue to deal with an epidemic of injustice, we said once on this program, Lisa, before, Lady Justice has gone missing, and she is far away, but lives continue to be torn. Children losing their fathers, wives losing their husbands, and we sit idly by and we do nothing. Tonight, AJC Radio gets ready for war as we seek justice for Renee Lima Merritt. Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming right back with what you didn't know about the RP6. We're just getting started here as we close the show tonight on the RP6 situation. Folks, stay with us again. If you have any questions or comments tonight, feel free to call in at 347-838-8976. That's 347-838-8976. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in search for justice. I got one question. What in the world is going on in America? Stay with us. We're coming right back.
federal government targeted. Uh, Prosecuted, convicted, six executives that go back ever. Evidence paid to the main main court circuit. Ten district to nine to nine mandibles. Read all six critical rights violations. I land it. Motivation is finished. They finished with yeah. major companies. The government, government, DDD, detect potential customers. Come on, faith potential. I obtain some information. Angel investors with doses. I calm it down. Down in Here we go again. Uh, 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 Michigan Police Department, Department, Department uh, uh, taking action against, against a guy, guy uh, uh, 57 years old, old. Um, um, by the name of Boyden, who, who appears to have done almost, have almost nothing, nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Uh, he'd uh, been uh, working for, for, for 37 years in the state of Michigan. Get no criminal record. No, no, nothing. Nothing. Okay. okay. What did he do? What did he do? Grave crime of time was passing past time. When the cops lit their, uh, you know, uh, sirens, sirens up, and he got a little, he got a little uh, uh, you know, dazed you know, by days. He didn't go for he long. He just ran he a just little ran bit of a stop sign stop and then pulled over. Oh, he didn't speed he didn't up. He didn't try to get away. And by the way, later a judge agreed with him. Agreed with that was the case. That was the charges. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But first, I want to watch the video. And again, and again, it's fairly horrific. 
uh, and, uh, and there's going to be a lot of damage done to him. But, but, but notice the notice beginning, beginning when they start when pounding they, on him immediately. Watch, watch. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. And I'll tell you right now, folks, this has been Lisa uh, Cliff Jeanette. This has been an interesting show. We want to take a few moments and thank uh, Jasmine uh, Lima Marin, along with uh, attorney um, Patrick uh, Maguero, for joining us tonight in our uh, show tonight entitled uh, Unequal Justice in America. Uh, Lisa, we've learned a few things tonight. It doesn't get easier, does it? No, it does not. It absolutely does not. Cliff, your thoughts on on this on this issue? I mean, I'm sure we could highlight a lot of issues that's going on in this country right now, and and one of those things being what this family. I'm so taken by this picture uh, that I'm looking at, folks. Uh, you can go to agcradio.com. You'll see it on there of this family. He looks he looks happy, and he looks happy because as she said tonight, Cliff. We waited to after he was off, of, that he completed parole to ensure no drama and no issues. And America came, uh, the state of Colorado came, and stripped him of his uh, right to liberty, peace, and happiness. How is that possible? It just, I mean, it, it leaves you speechless because you say, how obvious is it that this is a miscarriage of justice? Yeah. You say, okay, get 20,000 signatures on a petition where the public speaks and says this, mm-hmm. is, this is a miscarriage of justice. She gets 300,000 instead of 20,000. 300,000 people are saying this is a miscarriage of justice. And we as the people want to see this man free. What more should it take? And this prosecutor, I mean, once he's free... The prosecutor, there needs to be a petition brought up on the prosecutor to say this prosecutor needs to be uh, needs to be disbarred. Uh, this man needs, needs to, to be locked up. Well, he's a, he's a judge now. Well, yeah, and this judge needs to be removed from <laughs> the bench. Absolutely. Because this is a personal vendetta. You go out and you went out of his way. Say, hey, where, where's this man I locked up? I need to make sure I want to make sure, sure the person up. I put in for 100 years is still there. That is, this is, he needs to be locked up. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. see, the problem is, it's these folks that sit on the bench. And Lisa, Congressman Hank Johnson made this point to us in our last meeting with him in Washington. He said we need more judges, defense attorneys, defense attorneys becoming becoming judges, judges versus yeah. prosecutors right. becoming judges because it makes it the whole point of the judicial system is supposed to implement fairness. That's right. And an equal playing field, if you will. For both sides to conduct and present a case and a theory of that case to render a decision of justice. And I'm starting to wonder, the more we look into this, Lisa, that it makes me wonder how many cases in this country, why we have so many convictions in our courts. Is it because that people are following suit and the corruption like Judge Christine Aguayo? 
Oh, absolutely. So how many people are not being allowed to present a defense that nobody's saying anything about, but our conviction rate rises? Yep. That that, that raises serious question to me. And we will probably never know the number of how many are out there that are being done wrong, that injustice is happening to, that these kind of crazy, insane things are going on. We'll never hear the whole story because we'll never hear about them all. Not everybody has a voice. Not everybody has someone speaking for them. That's true. Uh, Absolutely. If, if this had happened to a man, he had no family out here. Who would be speaking oh, for him? Yeah, who would who would fight for him? And I, I really um, commend the uh, attorney. Yeah. Uh, Patrick uh, McGarry. He said, "If my if my uh, client is sitting in prison, yeah. there is something else I need to be that, doing." That, that right. was awesome. That that, was that, awesome. that that speaks volumes of this man. And again, we we take this moment to thank him and Jasmine. Um, and her children, uh, please keep them in your prayers and your thoughts, uh, and get up and do something. You know, we like uh, we'd love to sit back and say, "Oh, that's a shame," and do nothing. It's time for action here in America. I said it before, Lisa. We're on one of these programs. Are you a noun or a verb? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen of America, you need to be a verb. A noun is the beginning of something, but it doesn't finish anything. And that's I'm 46 years old, so I learned that many years ago, and it stayed with me. We need to take action. We need to be about it. We need to not talk about it. We need to be about it. And if that's not proper English, uh, that's a statement that people live by every day in this country. Quit talking about it, but be about it. And uh, AJC Radio will continue to fight for justice uh, for the uh, Lima Marin family. Uh, and we will continue to seek justice that this man be returned to his new bride, uh, Cliff, uh, and to take those steps. She she has to deal has some moments that she's dealing with uh, some sincere anguish, and uh, uh, we want to definitely uh, deal with that. Jeanette, your closing thoughts on the guest tonight? Um, my, it just makes you wonder about this society as a whole and the judicial system as a whole that would just t- take the use of prisons and jails and use them as just housing units for, oh, if you're black, if you're brown, if you're uh, mentally ill, if you have a chemical dependency. I mean, it's it's not justice. It's just a way of getting rid of the outcasts. And that's what it is. And we're thankful tonight for this program. Ladies and gentlemen, but this, this subject will be dealt with again. Cliff, Lisa, Jeanette, we may very well have them back on this program as we monitor the progression of What's going on? Well, if you hear that music, as we said before, we tread upon waters that we have walked before, and we deal with an issue tonight, the IRP-6. What you didn't know. Well, who are the IRP-6? What do we keep hearing about these men? Six men innocently sit in prison, wrongfully convicted of a crime they never committed, unequal justice at its highest form in America. Who are the RP6? David Banks, Gary Walker, Dave Zerpolo, Clinton Stewart, Demetrius Harper, and Kendrick Barnes. AJC Radio and a just call seeks justice. We ask the tough questions that people refuse to answer. Perpetrators of justice, you'll hear about them tonight. But tonight what you didn't know about the RP6 is that Judge Christine Aguayo violated federal law and committed a crime 
What is that crime? She intimidated the jury. She threatened the jury. She did things and even advised the jury not to even speak to the defense, any member of the defense. And if they did, Cliff, they were to contact who? They were to, at that point, contact the prosecutor, who then would have the FBI contact them. And and this is not something we're making up. This is not just uh, conjecture. This is not, uh, you know, hearsay. This actually happened. Right. Uh, you know, someone reached out to the to one of the jurors, said, "Hey, now that the now that the case is over, and you're free to speak to anyone, like the judge told you in open court, but then told you another story behind closed doors." Uh, we just have a few questions. No, I'm not supposed to talk to anybody. The judge told me I'm not supposed to talk to anybody, and and so we found out the judge told them don't talk to anybody on the defense team, don't talk to the media. And if you do get contacted by somebody on the defense team, get in contact with the prosecutor, Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch. He was contacted by one of the jurors when uh, someone reached out to him. And then he had the FBI call the juror back. Now, if you if the FBI calls you, your first thought, oh, my God, what's going on? i got to be in trouble. I'm headed what to federal prison. What have I done? Well, well, the problem, Cliff, with that is it's totally against protocol. It is totally against protocol. First off, you have done your public service as a juror once the case is over. Did we not see jurors after every case, at least I've watched on television, and I'm not talking about Perry Mason, folks. I'm talking about real cases. <laughs> and the jury is talking to the media. That's right. They are talking to, they are interviewed. That's people. the first thing they do. That's the first thing they do. They're brought in. I've seen them brought in as a, as a group of people. Why did you make this, reach this verdict? How does a judge bypass the law? But this is a status quo for Christina Guell. This is this is her M.O. Oh, yeah. Is to violate the law and do whatever she chooses to do. And she intimidated the jurors. My understanding and my thought of that is that if we intimidate a juror, we go to prison. That's oh, right. yes. If Jury you contact a juror during a trial to intimidate or sway them to make a decision, that is a federal crime. How then again does Judge Aguayo take the time to threaten the jury? And this is this is the next step, Lisa Cliff, Jeanette. She tells the jury, you're talking about setting the scene for a conviction of the IRP-6. She tells the jury, I don't want a mistrial in this case. If you come back with a mistrial, you will be financially responsible for this case. Somebody tell me. Please, how a judge, a sitting federal judge, threatens a juror not to vote their conscience in a case. And threatens, that basically she biased the jury from day one. That statement made, the juror's mind is that we will not come back with a mistrial because we don't have the money to pay for a trial. That's right. How corrupt is that when you hear that? That's beyond corrupt. How do you do that? That is beyond corrupt. I mean, there's, you can't even come to any kind of justification, any kind of, if you try to put it together in your mind, what kind of, what kind of thought, what kind of, I mean, how she could even bring herself to say these words to the jury. 
and feel like it's okay. No, she doesn't feel like it's okay. Let me not even say that. She knows it's not okay. She knows it's not okay, but there's zero accountability. That's right. Whoa. Nobody's checking up on her. Nobody's seeing what she's doing. <laughs> Nobody's uh, looking over her shoulder, so she does and says what she wants to do and say. So we have six men. David Banks, Gary Walker, Dave Zapolo, Clinton Stewart, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, that languish in a federal prison three and a half years now. Is that correct, Lisa? Yep. Fighting for freedom. Fighting to be heard. AJC Radio and a Just Cause will be that voice. Yes. We will not cover. We will not run. Martin Luther King made it clear. He said there's no dogs that's going to turn us around. There's nothing that you're going to do that stops this fight. Because if it was your mother, your brother, your sister, whoever, faced with injustice, how hard would you fight? This, somebody must stand up. That's right. America needs to stand up. We deal with the unequal justice uh, with Renee. We deal with the unequal justice with the IRP6. We deal with the unequal justice with LaWanna Clark. Never been arrested a day in her life. You know what? They, this same judge throws her in federal prison for six months without cause, with evidence proving her innocence. Folks, this is what you didn't know about the IRP6 story. And it gets better. It gets it gets worse. Excuse me, not better. The story gets worse because the corruption runs rampant. We're just touching on a, on a very small piece of this. So, ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. Christina Guayo, Judge Christina Guayo of the Tenth Circuit, is that correct, Lisa? That's it. Sits on her bench every day, and she breaks the law at will. And we're supposed to sit back and say, well... I don't want to get involved. I believe it was Bishop Tutu that made the statement, a person that remains silent is as guilty as the one that is guilty. Your failure to speak out against injustice makes you no better than those that administer injustice. You are no different, ladies and gentlemen of America. Members of Congress that sit on Capitol Hill, if you have the power to administer justice, we ask that you do that. The Department of Justice, Attorney General Loretta Lynch, you have an obligation and an oath to administer justice. The Judiciary Committee of Congress, you have an obligation to administer justice. This is no new language to America. This is what you were sent to Washington to do. The Department of Justice, uh, Cliff, we've been there, and it has the, the huge thing on the front of the building that we administer justice or whatever it says up there about it, uh, bringing justice to all people and equality. That's not lived up to. No, they need to step up to that. They need, they need to, to step, step up, up to that, that and live what they're talking about. And I'll about. tell you right now, folks, the Department of Justice shouldn't be an unreachable phone number. The Department of Justice should not be a place where I have to call a hundred times before somebody will answer my call for help. That's right. It's insane. We called Eric Holder in that office, Lisa, what, two years every single yes. day. Yes, and got nothing. The Department of Justice, where we are supposed to find help in the time of need. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll say it, I said it once, I'll say it again. Lady Justice has gone missing we have a problem. We have a situation. We have a crisis. This is an election year, folks. It's 2016. America marches on as justice continues to lie idle in the streets of this country while injustice takes over and takes control. It's time that we stand up. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'll say it again. The RP6. Every show dedicated to these men. The Warriors. Patriots of America. This is how we pay our patriots? This is how we pay our citizens? Who develop software to keep the homeland safe. And America said, let me give you a thank you note and put you in prison. Anybody in Hollywood could write a movie on it. But we continue to seek justice. And I'll tell you what. The RP6 are one of many group of men that sit in prisons across this country with no one to fight for them. That's right. You don't have a voice behind that wall. AJC Radio will become that voice. We will not cease in our efforts for justice. Cliff? Yes, we want to say thank you to our our uh, guests, Jasmine Lima Marine and also Patrick McGarrell. Uh, thank you guys for taking part of your time, part of your evening to uh, tell us this story. Also, want to say thank you to our production team, Captain Kyle and Dustin Jackson of K&D Productions, helping out Ill Skills Girl in the control room so you can hear what it is that we have to say. Also, to the production support team, they give us accurate and up-to-date information so that we can pass that on to you. And to the truth, we know you're out there. We appreciate it. And we appreciate that, Cliff. Thank you so much. And to the agency radio team uh, for the work that, that goes into doing what we do. Uh, we do it as a team, and we do it together. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, feel free to go to AJC Radio for archives of this program, AJCRadio.com. Uh, and, again, that petition is out there for uh, Mr. Relayden, excuse me, Mr. Renee Lima Marin. Uh, that is out there. We ask that every person, if you know somebody, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, we need to get the word out that justice uh, be brought back to this individual. That's very, very important. Uh, and uh, you can feel free to go to the, um, uh, the uh, again, AJCRadio.com, uh, where you can find all the archives of our shows. And remember, folks, Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. That happens every Thursday on this program. Ladies and gentlemen, we got some members of Congress that are speaking, Lisa, some languages that we can understand. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you want to come on that, you want to definitely be a part of that every Thursday night, Spotlight on Capitol Hill, where we shine the light on members of Congress in a positive manner, something you're not going to find on CNN, uh, NBC, ABC, to that, to that amount of time. It only happens here on AJC Radio, and we're ready to, uh, uh, to make that happen. So, folks, uh, definitely get involved with that. Uh, and feel free also, if you want to write your congressman or senator, uh, in regards for the least of the representatives here in Colorado, they said they have gotten no response. Um, uh, we need to probably uh, send a letter of some sort to them saying we have 300,000 of your voters yeah. uh, that want action taken. Why not? We've yeah, we got to do something. We've got to do something. And uh, we understand the folks up there on Capitol Hill are busy without question, uh, but we intend to push uh, a little further with and this that. Is, this is their job, Lamont. This is what they're this is what they're doing. This is what they're supposed to do. Well, so. that's well, that's what it says. I believe I said it before. I said it last week. It says we, the people uh, of the United States of America. So the people should have a voice, and uh, we want to make sure that that voice is sound uh, very clear. So um, I'm excited, Lisa, uh, about what's upcoming, uh, ladies and gentlemen. On next Tuesday, uh, we will be dealing with honoring Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, his legacy, but we are going to deal with a question that is a tough one. Where is America today as a result of the sacrifice of the life of Dr. Martin Luther King that was taken? Was his death in vain? Uh, we have to believe, um, you know, it gets to a point, you can go so far, but we have to go a lot further 
And I think we stop and say, well, we've come a long way. We're okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not okay. Our young black men are dying in the streets all across this country. Uh, people are, are, are losing their lives senselessly. Our prison system, we have the largest incarceration uh, amount of people in the United States. Uh, I be- No, in the world. Is that correct? In the yeah. world. Yeah, we're topping them all uh, up. We, we hold the record for the most incarcerated, which is a disgrace to any country uh, that's involved with such nonsense like that. Um, so what we want to primarily do um, is, is have an opportunity. And AJC Radio, Lisa, sets the platform that we can get the message out that we're not going to stop. We're not going to cease. Ladies and gentlemen, please, we plead with you tonight, go to AJCRadio.com, sign the petition to release Renee Lima Marin. It is so critically important. And, uh, Lisa, like I said, I can't stop looking at the picture of that family. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a model family, Very looks like very uh, good-looking kids. I mean, the whole family just looks like the American dream right there. Yeah, they do. And uh, you know what? The good thing about it, you would never know this man had a record. You would never know something happened to him because he did something positive with his life. That's right. And uh, I think that's what matters uh, more than anything, uh, and that that really means a lot. Uh, So, ladies and gentlemen, again, join us in this fight. Uh, And there's a lot of people, if you go online, there's a lot of people that are dealing with injustices across this country. Um, And I believe that only through the voice that we have, Lisa, uh, Cliff, and Jeanette, the platform that we've been given uh, to send the message and to make it clear uh, we have that opportunity, and we then are given an obligation. I said, Lisa, we, we're going to have a show coming up uh, sometime this year called You Do Not Have the Right to Remain Silent. That's, That's right. Uh, you don't have the right to remain silent when lives continue to be affected. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and Jeanette Williams. And for the AJC Radio team, we sign off and say goodnight, where we are bringing the message of justice all around the world. Have a good night, folks. We'll see you next time. Good night. Good night. night. Marin had it all, a wife, kids, a home. It's a life he never imagined as a convicted felon. What makes this just that much harder is the fact that I constantly, you know, have them just right here. It's a life that vanished overnight January 7th when a judge sent him back to prison to finish a 98-year sentence. 98 years for what? You know what I mean? For what? It's a sentence his appeals lawyer told him was just 16 years. She came to visit me said, if we no longer have 98 years, you basically are given 16 years, which is what we were fighting for anyway. But her information was wrong, as was the court file sent to the Department of Corrections, stating his sentences should run all at once instead of back to back. I would have never had a wife. I would have never had children. I would have never bought a house. I would have never done any of those things. But I did those because you let me out. And now they're being punished.
for something that they had absolutely nothing to do with. It's a punishment he says is excessive. People have raped and molested my kids, taken lives, and had 15, 20, 25 years, years. And I made a mistake and tried to steal some money, and I'm given my entire life in prison. I acknowledge the fact that I did something wrong. I take responsibility for the fact that I did something wrong. But I also believe that I, I, I completed the punishment. A punishment, he says, breaks up his family. And not only, not only for me, because I know that seems somewhat selfish, because it hurts me, but it hurts, it hurts them as well.